Have you ever ghosted someone? So... I'm not proud of it. Um, I'm, it's very immature of me. This is a pretty typical New York ghosting story. He was 10 minutes away, on his way, texting me, and he ghosted the shit out of me. I mean, yeah, it was fun. I had a nice time, but I mean, I don't know. That was really it. I wasn't really looking for a relationship or anything. <laughs> This is really bad. I've ghosted a lot of people. He would like text me and then he would just like keep texting me and then at one point I realized he was having a complete conversation with himself. We went on one date and I thought the date went really well. So then when she ghosted, I was really confused. So it's like, okay, I don't really want a magician in my house. Boom, ghosted. I've never really let people do it to me because I think it's a big part of my anxiety where I'm like, I always need to have an answer. Like, God damn it. Like, so then he found me on Facebook and then he found me on Instagram. And then he found me on LinkedIn. Because part of you is just like, are you dead? Maybe something actually bad happened. Like months into the relationship, he just like dropped all ties. I've never really had a terrible date or I've had so little respect for a person that I was just gonna stop talking to them because I thought this isn't worth it. I realized I was completely incapable of telling people that I didn't want to see them again. I feel like there are tears to ghosting. First date, you're fine. Second date, I feel like maybe you can do it. Beyond that, I feel like you're in dangerous territory. I've been like minorly ghosted on before, and every time I'm just like sending a message like, you know what, if you don't want to hang out, like that's cool. There's a lot of strategy involved. If you're wondering what to say, like I just didn't feel the spark, because that's kind of, it's not like a bad thing about them. Never gave in, never gave, I will not give in. Will not. Thanks. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Why'd You Push That Button, a show where me, Ashley Carmen. Uh, hi, I'm Caitlin Tiffany. And Caitlin. <laughs> talk about all the decisions technology forces us to make. So, as you guys have discovered from that video today, we are talking about ghosting. Yeah, so um, I assume you came here on purpose all the way to Texas because you're a huge fan of the show, but just in case... I'll explain. Just what, in case why. you're here for the free alcohol and not us, we'll run through Which what the show's about. Which is a very slim chance, I'm sure. <laughs> um, why do you push that button? Is a show where we talk about your tiny tech decisions, things you do with gadgets, apps, buttons. Lots we, of buttons. <laughs> we usually talk to some normal users, so that's our friends, acquaintances, coworkers, random people off of Twitter. They tell us their stories, then we take it to some experts. So that's what we're doing today. However, Vox Media's budget was not conducive to all of our friends coming to Texas with we us. We tried. We tried to bring everyone we knew, but they were like, nope, sorry. Yeah, so we have some audio clips we'll play. And then we will talk to Jordan Guggenheim, lead iOS engineer at OkCupid, and Jess Carboneau, the in-house sociologist at Bumble. Yeah. All right. So that's all later in the show. Yeah. Don't worry about that now. We just flooded your brain with so much information. Don't even, don't even think about it. Okay. First, we want to define ghosting because I think everyone has kind of a slightly different definition of it. So naturally, I went to Urban Dictionary. The Verge has a higher journalistic standard usually you know what? than you know Urban what? Dictionary. This Urban is an Dictionary because is, is an important resource during this time, <laughs> and we're going to use it. So this is Urban Dictionary's definition of ghosting. The act of suddenly ceasing all communication with someone so that they quote unquote get the hint and you don't have to tell them you're no longer interested. And I want to point out that this is different from a slow fade. A slow fade is when you start out having a lot of conversation with someone. So let's say like Caitlin and I are talking 50 times back and forth one week. Maybe the next week if I want to slow fade her, we'll do like 40 times. Then the next week will be like 30 times until all of a sudden we're at zero times and Caitlin looks back and is like, what the heck just happened? I'm not talking to Ashley anymore. And I successfully slow faded her. It's worse than ghosting, which is why we're not talking about it today because we're trying to be peppy. <laughs> it's so much crueler. Anyway. Yeah. So Caitlin, have you been ghosted or have you ghosted someone? Okay. So I... I'm, I'm settling in. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I have a story. I try to be kind. I try to be a kind person. But, you know, my first year in New York using Tinder, I was like, I can treat people however I want. This is New York. I'm mm -hmm. 24. Um, Move over. Yeah, I, like, went on a uh, you know, Tinder date with a dude who, um, you know, he was nice. He, like, talked about the Lil Yachty album. Date Very two, relatable. Date two, I'm like, you smell good. We're, we'll talk about the Lil Yachty album. Um, date three comes along. We're talking about the little Yachty album, and I was like, ah, this is the only thing that's ever happened in the history of humanity that you want to talk about? 
It's um, important. Yeah, so then he texted me a few times to make more plans, and I was like, I have exhausted my thoughts on Lil Yachty permanently for the rest of my life. So I was just like, I'm just not going to text him back. He works in our building, so... <laughs> A couple of weeks later, I'm like seeing him across, I'm seeing him, you know, around the office. And then he texted me again. He's like, sorry if I didn't take the hint. And I was like, wait, he said that? Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, he's a real person. Aww. So I had to, I'd be like, you know, I'm sorry. I just, we didn't have anything to talk about. I'm done with Lil Yachty. So I tried to ghost and I did You didn't actually, did you actually say I'm done with Lil Yachty? I said, you seem very nice. We don't have anything to talk about. <laughs> what? That's cool. Whatever. You're being honest. You're being honest. That's yeah, great. I tried. And then I was actually walking here, like getting ready for the podcast, like listening to Vince Staples. And I was like, I have been ghosted. I was ghosted by somebody who lives in Austin. What? Um, which is not shocking because as matches Singles in America survey showed, Austin men are 549% more likely to ghost than any other American city. Um, so everyone in this audience is like monsters. Yeah, you guys Like all everyone suck. here is a pure monster. Great. Yeah. Cool. This Austin dude ghosted me and then two years later popped up in my Facebook Messenger because he had deleted my phone number, obviously, and blocked me on Instagram. P- popped up in Facebook Messenger. I need some place to stay in New York this weekend. No, no, no. Anyway, so that's that's called zombieing. There's too many terms. When you pop back up after you've been a ghost. And they're like... (laughs) Anyway, what about you? Do you ghost? So I think I've definitely ghosted people when I was younger, and I was just like, whatever, we went on a couple dates. It's fine. No one cares. No emotions are involved. Um, But then I tried to be like an adult and let people down nicely if I didn't like them. So the last time I was dating, I went out with a guy for a few dates, and I was, like, not nice to him. I tried to give him the... F- Caitlin was actually there. It was the cruelest thing I've ever witnessed. <laughs> we were sitting in a booth That's at a bar. That's how I dropped the hint. This is the guy. This, I'm Ashley. This is me. She goes, why isn't he leaving? Just fully turns... Like, it's I told him I was going to hang I've out with my seen. friends, and he was like, I'll come. And I was like, it's okay. He's like, no, I'm going to come. And I was like, all right, whatever. Doesn't matter. It's fine. It's in the past. So... He, I can't believe you I, I did that physical thing, and I was like, there is a 0% chance this guy is ever going to hit me up again. Like, that would be insane if he did that. He did. He definitely hit me up again. And he was like, hey, you know, what are you up to this weekend? And then I let him down really nicely, and I said, I'm, not feel- I'm sorry, I'm not feeling the vibe. You seem like a really nice dude, though. Hope to see you around the neighborhood. Happy face. And he didn't respond. So I got ghosted on my, like, adult response. I don't think that counts. He could have been like... Bye, or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, see you never again. Cool to be part of your world for like twelve really uncomfortable <laughs> I hours. Our time together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we want to know since we have a live audience, we, which we never do. It's just us talking to ourselves in the studio. If you guys can clap to let us know how many of you have ever ghosted someone. Okay, okay, I'm okay. glad we have an honest audience. That makes um, you feel good. I mean, like, plus, plus 10 for liars. We're okay. at, like, All right. 10, add a 10 little bit of sound to, to your minds. Yeah. And how many of you have been ghosted? A little bit louder. Yeah. Okay, okay. Now, also clap if you were ghosted and it really hurt your feelings. You guys, it's okay to be hurt. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Honestly, you're not putting yourself out there if you aren't opening up your heart to someone who's going to be really mean to you. Yeah. That's you true. haven't tried. You haven't tried. Well, okay. What this tells me is ghosting is relatively a universal experience, right? Mm-hmm. So, Caitlin and I have been talking about this episode a lot. And I've come down on the side that actually I don't think technology is at all to blame for this issue. Like, this is a tech podcast, but I'm kind of like, no, I think ghosting has existed forever. And actually, I think that technology could make ghosting, a, like, get rid of ghosting. Like, Google. Google's been doing all of these quick replies on emails. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's like, I love when they come up when people try to roast me for articles. They'll be like, you're the worst writer I've ever read in my whole life. And then Google will have, like, quick replies that are just so shady. And they'll be like, thank you, exclamation point. Or like, you're the best or something like it's crazy like Google's really good at offering real like shade but they're offering that now with texting like Allo their messaging service their big example during their presentation was like someone texting you a picture of a dog and Google's image recognition recognizing that it's a dog and saying cool dog yeah that's a really engaging so like you don't have an uh, excuse to ghost you know because you have these quick replies 
it would be so easy to just send these really pointless messages until they basically do get the hint that you're either terribly boring or you just don't care to respond. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I, I agree with you that rejection is a human behavior. People always reject each other. But I think technology has really... Um, intensify the level of communication you have with someone before they cut it off. So ghosting, if not a new phenomenon, is like a much sharper, like more recognizable, more painful phenomenon because of technology. Like, if I'm not responding to your text, I know that that is itself a message. Like that, that is way more intense now in the age of the blue bubble, in the age of the read receipt. Because I know you scene, received it. In the age of active on Instagram 43 minutes ago, it's way more intense. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like it's just people send each other letters. I mean, there is the possibility that it like, got lost in the mail and they, or they could have died or something like that. But at least you know it got delivered and they're just not texting you back. That's what I'm saying. There's no benefit of the doubt now. Like, I'm not... So like, it hurts you more than like the possibility that they died in like the wild, wild west and you have no idea what happened to them? I would rather that you be dead than not respond to my text message. <laughs> That is in a Sex and the City episode. I really wanted to play the clip, but I wasn't allowed. I just want to point it out. It was in a Sex and the City episode where Miranda, her date stood her up. This was back in the day of house phones. And she calls the date's house line number, I guess, and is ready to, like, bitch him out. And his mom answers the phone. And she's like, this is John's mother or whatever. And Miranda's like, okay, well, you raised this garbage son, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, John died yesterday. And Miranda ends up having to go to his funeral. So this has been a thing, guys. Sex and the City has covered ghosting. I don't even know why we're doing this episode. It's been done. Okay, I'm just saying, like, maybe that was embarrassing for Miranda for, like, 10 minutes. But, like, the exquisite torture of all day long, sitting, looking at your computer, you're waiting for the iMessage thing to light up, you're waiting for that little red bubble all day, every minute of the day. That's way more exquisite torture than, like, you get home from work, you check your voicemail, you don't have one. That lasts for five minutes. Just saying. <laughs> all right, fine. I don't know. I've never listened to my voicemails once in my life. So <laughs> I just feel like you and I are not, this is it. This is as far as we're going to get. So I called up in the studio back in New York. I called up a man named David from the internet who tried to explain to me why he ghosts. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's such a, it's such like an unknowable quandary. Can you give me some background on David? How old is this bro? Uh, David is in college, an undergrad. Okay. Um, unclear where he goes somewhere in Boston and I tweeted like hey have you ever ghosted someone we'll absolve you of your sins and then Caitlin was like no we won't so I don't know I forgive David so okay so then David messed me and he wanted to tell me the story about a woman he dated this summer like we were a mutually uh, exclusive couple like we were not dating anybody else or anything like that and after two months, the text started dwindling, and then I would see her less, and then she stopped responding altogether. And this was a girl I had known for years beforehand as a friend, so that was very strange. Oh, David. And that sounds more like a slow fade to me. Like, I yeah. was kind of calling David out. Like, Well, that's... I think it's maybe, like, a rough time to be, like, correcting someone's terminology. Like, you're sad and you're this using the science, wrong word. This is a science, and we need to be clear about definitions, <laughs> is how I see it. Um, but then he actually did get ghosted. I would see her less frequently, and she wouldn't respond to texts or calls or anything like that. And then altogether, I just stopped sending them because I kind of got the hint that she didn't feel like replying even if I had. He got the hint. Got, get the hint is the key thing, I think. Once you have that thought of... I'm getting a hint. Mm. You know you're being ghosted. Something like, that's the immediate thing. You're being ghosted if you have that thought. Something about the way David is talking makes me feel like this is a supervillain origin story. Am I right about that? <laughs> you know, David's life is not done yet. It could be. <laughs> um, so then I asked him about his feelings and how he felt after he got ghosted. I'm not... I'm not super super emotional with such things i um, my one of my friends called me vaguely sociopathic about ghosting just because it doesn't quite affect me but i just found it strange not hurtful so much as weird like if we had established a bond and a connection i just wondered why the other person wouldn't feel the need to communicate issues or reservations or anything like that um so i found it more difficult to understand rationally than i did emotionally oh david i know i just feel like it is there it's really hard to rationalize to yourself that someone just doesn't like you. 
You know, like you can't come up with the rational reasoning for that. Like you probably assume you're a good person and that they should like you. So what's the rationale, you know? Well, it's less like they don't like me and more like they don't think I'm a <laughs> human being who deserves a breakup text. Yeah, it's true. That's hard to accept. Well, okay. Don't feel too bad for David, though, because he's a total hypocrite. Oh, no. That's what makes it so difficult <laughs> because I sit and wonder why other people ghost me, yet I'm doing the same thing without ever reasoning it to myself. David has no idea why. He, he ghosts, too, and he has no idea why. I Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then, finally, I asked him about dating apps and like how he feels about ghosting someone from a dating app versus someone he met in person. Um, I don't think I've ever considered it explicitly, but I think I inherently am more likely to ghost girls that I meet online or using a dating app than I am meeting them in person. Because there's something really tangible and consequential about establishing a relationship with somebody first in person, even if it's a very fleeting relationship. Um, but when you meet somebody on Tinder or on Bumble or anything else, it feels like part of like the unspoken social contract that it's okay to just never talk to one another again at some point. Um, I'm unclear on why you brought these clips because they proved my point. <laughs> so here's the thing. He talks about how like he feels this intense connection with someone if he meets them in person, right? Mm -hmm. And there's like a magic spark to it. It's like, oh my yep. God, what are the odds? Like, you and I here at the same bar at the same time. Crazy. Well, there's probably two bars that don't ID in his college town. So <laughs> that crazy. Right. And that's kind of, this is the thing though. So with dating apps, I'm like, I think that it's still pretty impressive and perhaps magical if you swipe on each other, right? Like there's so many people out there. You come across so many faces and you see so many people. And if you both swipe right and you both actually manage to have a conversation and talk, Mm -hmm. That should be magical, too. I mean, I agree. I love the, the opaqueness of the algorithm. Truly makes it feel like fate if you meet a normal person on a dating app. However, I don't think that most people feel that way. I think most people, they think this, like, that makes people disposable. Because you could always just go find another one. Maybe. I, I, I think it's a, a mind trick. I'm just saying it's a lot easier to ghost somebody if you think you have, like, 8 million more options in your phone. We're going to save this for the experts because, you know what? I don't have data, and they do. So they're going to they're gonna argue for me, I feel. Okay. Well, to supplement that story by David, a young, confused teenager whose opinion um, nevertheless was very helpful for my side of the argument, um, I, <laughs> I spoke to a writer named Jednick Mayard. She sent a truly horrifying tweet on Valentine's Day um, about the most devastating ghosting story I have maybe ever heard. Okay. Um, I emailed her and I said, you can tell me to fuck off, but if you want to tell this story, I would really like to hear it. It's not that heavy. Um, it's actually kind of funny now. So luckily she was game and she didn't say anything mean to me. She was dating a guy for nine or ten months who was a tour manager for a band. He lived in Denver. She lived in New York. And they were getting serious. She's going to move to Denver because she's sick of New York. She's moving there um, about two weeks before they're supposed to finally be in the same city together, be in love. They spend Valentine's Day together in Pennsylvania. Come Valentine's Day, I ended up hopping on a train to Philly, meeting up with him. We got caught up in a snowstorm and pretty much slept and like ate a bunch of edibles and like went to the movies and watched like three movies in a row. Just really chill stuff. So <laughs> Valentine's Day morning, they left to go on the next show and I had taken a picture of us in our hotel room and I put this picture up. He said, I'll see you in Denver in two weeks. We kissed each other and he got in the truck and he drove away and that is the last time I ever saw him. Ever? Ever. Oh my gosh, that's cold. I know, I was crying in the studio listening <laughs> to this story and it also doesn't get better from there, it gets worse. Two weeks later, I'm in a yoga class. The class is over, I look at my phone and I see a missed call. I'm like so relieved because I'm like, okay, I was starting to feel crazy. Like, do I even know this person? Like, what the hell? I call back, I call back, I call back, no response. I text, no response. They never call me back. There's no voicemail. It was, okay, this, he just like fully like psh, out. It was either like a butt dial or like deliberate psychological torture. Um, <laughs> 
either way it's like you had to she had to live the entire experience all over because like you get that missed call and you're like oh i imagined it everything's fine there's an explanation i yeah like he's ready to come clean yeah he's gonna tell me like he's gonna have a completely valid excuse for what happened we're gonna be happy then no you have to relearn it you have to relearn your horrible misery yeah yeah so she talked a little bit about the emotional experience too I kind of went a little crazy. I didn't do anything. I just kind of went crazy in my own brain. And I usually take long walks when I'm anywhere that I don't know, just so I can familiarize myself with the streets. And I kind of felt like I was like walking around looking for this person just because everywhere I went, I was like, I don't know. You might pop up here. I don't know where the fuck you are. I hate (laughs) it. I hate it. It's like the entire city of Denver is like a haunted house. And he's just like this jump scare that she keeps waiting to like, like, could come like up. that's the new that's the new ghost. He's like a one of those like screaming horrible ghosts that has like some of their intestines exposed. Like really scary, really <laughs> scary. Wouldn't you be so scared? I mean, yeah. I guess if you have unfinished business, yeah, it's like all right. Don't yeah. want to see you. Genuinely haunted. Yeah. So she had like a pretty like no nonsense explanation for like how do you how do you not ghost somebody? The person just shouldn't be waiting on you. They shouldn't be expecting it. And I feel like you know when someone is expecting it. Expecting like a text from you or? Yeah. So, I mean, I think everyone wants there to be hard and fast rules, right? Where it's like, if it's, if you don't text back after three ghosts, three dates, that's a ghost. But it's more like, if you don't text me back, like we have a relationship. We've known each other for a long time. We're Mm -hmm. friends. Mm -hmm. Um, If you stopped responding to me, you would know that that's ghosting because you know that I'm expecting you to respond. If I go on like a first date with someone and then I text the dude after and he doesn't respond I'm like okay I mean I wasn't expecting you to respond I thought you might respond but like you just have to go through life with no expectations of anyone and that is how you get through life I'm telling you that is why this like these stories have made me like sink into a pit of despair because it's like is any human being's behavior predictable you could do anything you could you could you could like just decide who knows what I'm gonna do right now yeah you (laughs) yeah I have no I have no idea um I don't think human behavior is predictable at all. Um, however, uh, the way that human beings use uh, technology to hurt each other's feelings is predictable. And Jednik agreed with me. You have to think about the fact that technology has changed the way that we date. You know, I'm telling you, I was dating someone who didn't even live in the same time zone that I did. I think technology gave us the option, period. You know, before it was just called skipping out on someone and they would move on. But it's like, ghosting is, to me, is a technological thing that has happened. And it's and it's just because, like, yeah, I can date someone and be close to them without being physically near them, which now means that when I don't want to be close to them anymore, I don't have to worry about being physically near them. Did you hear that part where she said technological? <laughs> what, a, what a word. <laughs> Okay, okay. But she says before it was just called skipping out. Mm-hmm. There was a before. There was a behavior before. She just didn't call it ghosting and it was called skipping out. Okay. I think it has a different con- That's why definitions are important here. Mm-hmm. It's a different, in my mind, skipping out is like you have a kid and you just leave and you're like, bye, good luck. But, <laughs> but it could be ghosting too. Okay. Well, we can have like a circular semantics conversation for the rest of the day. I'm sure everyone here would love that. Yeah. Um, or we could bring up our experts. They would. I don't like know. That more. Up to you. <laughs> Let, let's do experts. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Cool. So they're here. You can see them. This is Do- uh, Jordan Guggenheim from OK Cupid. <laughs> and, and Jess Carabino. Hi. Thanks for having us. Okay. So Caitlin and I are in. Like, should we just get to the meaty question? What's your meaty question? Is, is this a problem that technology created? I just want to know the answer right now. Okay, yeah. Okay. Guys, can you answer this question for us right now? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but to get deeper, since there's been love, there's always been unbalanced relationships and rejection. And yes, like, technology is a double-edged sword. On one hand, you've got more choice and you've got like instant communication, but on the other end, you have deeper connections. People in online dating, they can share more about themselves, they can connect on things that matter, they can get to those things before the first date. You know, when you meet in a bar, you don't exactly have that. I think this is a really nuanced issue and I don't think either of you have a clear 
answer from what you were talking about. Fair enough. Yeah, Ghosting is obviously <laughs> in, inherently complicated. I, I've been fortunate that I never ghosted somebody and I've never been ghosted. I'm probably too annoying and too much of a nag and they would have to just respond to me. But at the same time, I think that fundamentally we need to understand where ghosting begins. And there are no hard and fast rules. People have always been rejecting other people. But prior to the emergence of online dating, people met through social institutions that were well-established within their communities. People met at synagogue, church. They met through educational institutions. They met in their neighborhoods. There was a degree of social accountability, and as Caitlin said, they recognized that they were real people, and that your Aunt Susan, or your cousin, or your friend would ultimately call you out for not responding in a manner that was kind. And at Bumble, we really preach kindness as one of being part of our core values. So it's very interesting to hear about ghosting as this new phenomenon. I think it's really something that we could talk about for hours, but it's really that people have a hard time communicating that they do not want to be with somebody. It's not a comfortable thing to say, I am not interested in you. After a first date, it's an interesting thing. Is there an understanding between both parties that there's interest or disinterest? In theory, when you meet somebody and they say hello to you, you say hello back. It would be rude for you to ghost them in person and not say hello. You know, that's <laughs> odd. But at the same time, when somebody says after a date, a first date, I had a nice time, I'd like to get to know you more, uh, you could say, it would be, it's, it's, it's rude to not say hello back in the, so far as I'm not interested, but thank you so much. It was really nice to meet you. Best of luck. Okay. So I guess, Jordan, this might be a question for you. How technology can make people seem like real humans? Like, is there a way for software to make someone seem like a human and not just a picture on the internet? Absolutely. I think it really boils down to how dating apps approach humanizing, whether that is like having them be more than just a single photo. At OkCupid, we have over 30 different prompts that you can write and really get into like, what makes you you? You can answer really, really interesting questions. We are always like keeping up with the times. So we have a Trump filter. We have a question, literally Trump question mark. Hell no, no, yes or hell yes. And so basically those questions not only go into our algorithm of like, of we have to present all the options, you know. But, <laughs> But ultimately, you know, those are the questions, those are the things that bring people together. And the better we can do that, the better we can focus on the substance, the more that people are going to find meaningful relationships and not ghosts because they're going to know what they're getting themselves into. Not little Yachty, you know. <laughs> so you're telling me the algorithm can make people find other people who are unlikely to ghost on them. That's what you're saying? I'm saying that the reasons that people ghost is not that they're inherently bad people, it's that they have not a lot in common. And so the better you can put people in touch that have things in common, the more you can proactively prevent ghosting. Okay, that's fair. I, I feel like a lot of the ghosting on dating apps, though, is just like people forgetting or like getting distracted. I think, you know, that's, that's a really tough thing because, you know, let's suppose at OkCupid we would remind you to message someone. What we could do is inadvertently you know, cause more ghosting. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's, it's more painful ghosting. If you're already not responding, something deep down is telling you maybe it's not the right connection. Maybe you are just too busy at work. Maybe it isn't the right time for you. But, you know, if we take too heavy-handed of approach, then we may actually cause more problems. So it's always about striking the balance between helping people connect, be human. We, you know, at OkCupid, we make you sign a messaging pledge because you know, there's a lot of psychology. Like, we worked with a sociologist to you know, say, like, here's what you say. Like, I tend to be a good person and a thoughtful person on this site. And people are consistent with their behavior when they say that they've agreed to something. So there, there are things that we can do, but ultimately, there's only so much you can do to prevent ghosting. Yeah, I'm wondering how you feel about these like quick reply suggestions or like um, I think it doesn't is it bum or it's Hinge that Hinge. does. Hinge has a feature that's called your turn. So yeah. be like it's your turn to send a message. Yeah, like how do you feel about that kind of software implementation? I, I don't think that's the right angle. So like at at OkCupid, what we've done is we've actually changed how our messaging system works, we've slowed down the way people communicate. So at OkCupid, you've always been able to message whoever you want. It's definitely one of the cornerstones of our 
brand and what we're about because like the written word is very important to us. You know, like, hey, that like that first message says, I've read your profile. I think you're interesting because of these reasons, not just because I swiped right on your photo. But when it comes to the quick replies, so like the way we changed our messaging system is when you send that first message now, it no longer goes directly to the inbox. Before, if you were the sender, it went to the inbox where it was set to rot. And you would, just like checking your phone for that blue bubble or you know, the gray text bubble, you would just look, you know, were they online? Like, why haven't they responded? You know, all this stuff. And that's a negatively reinforcing behavior. It's a waste of energy. And so now when you send that first message, that profile disappears until they match back with you. So on the receiving end, and particularly for women, they used to be, in the old system, they used to be inundated with way too many messages. So they may be ghosting or not replying, not because they don't like you, but because they had so many messages they couldn't even you know, get through to, the, to your maybe well-crafted message. So in the new system, only the messages of people that you've matched with go in the inbox. And what we're finding is that you know, promotes better connections because instead of being inundated with those eight million options in New York City or wherever, you're able to focus on the conversation in front of you and like really form that meaningful relationship. This is something we forgot to bring up, the idea of ghosting on someone because they're actually scary. Yeah, which <laughs> lots of <laughs> which women do. Which count and is fair. Yeah, like yeah. ghost scary people, that's okay. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then they typically get scarier as you ghost them. So you made the right decision. Yeah, I blocked somebody once on iMessage who kept bringing up that he knew where I lived. And um, fun fact, it doesn't block their text from coming through on the desktop version of iMessage. So I kept getting them. Thank you, Apple. Awesome. Great. I love your ecosystem. <laughs> um, Hope you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> Jess, I'm wondering, uh, so Jordan brought up that people ghost because they don't have like enough in common. And I'm wondering if you agree with that. I don't think people ghost because they have enough in common. I think people ghost because inherently it is uncomfortable to reject people. I think that people do not want to be in a position where they're feeling vulnerable to say something that is potentially hurtful to other people. But I think it's hurtful to not provide people with a response. And I think that people think that the response in verbal or written form of I am not interested, however you may choose to word that, is less painful than actually ignoring someone. Because we have these systems in place in institutions that we're normally interacting with where rejection is given to us. If we're not doing well at work, we're told by our boss. If our parents are not pleased with us, they make that known, or at least my parents do. So we have these systems already built in place in other institutions and these norms that we rely upon. So now that technology exists that allow us to not rely upon these existing norms, it's actually more hurtful. Is being rejected more or less hurtful than being ghosted? And like, why would you say ghosting hurts or... I think that ghosting leaves ambiguity and a lack of understanding. I think that people fundamentally seek answers and clarity and choose to move forward in their lives based upon answers, whether they're final or somewhat final. People need an answer of some type to try to psychologically move on. So I'm trying to really understand when I'm talking to people and they're talking to me about ghosting, they're really talking about having this ambiguity and a lack of understanding because clearly if they are texting you, there's an indicator of interest on their side and they have a lack of understanding why there is no interest on the other side. Could you um, give Caitlin and me some advice on like what you should say if you want to get rid of someone? Yes, I have done this with so many people. <laughs> I have a really good friend and coworker, former coworker, who was a young man and a great guy. I love him dearly. And he was around 24, 25, and he had just started dating again for the first time. He had been in a long-term relationship for quite some time, and he'd never dated. And he's like, Jess, what do I do? You're a doctor. Help me. And I said, okay, we'll sit down and we'll do this. And he was telling me that he kept getting messages by this one woman who he'd, he'd gone on multiple dates with. And I said, you have to respond to her. There's something wrong that you feel that you can not respond to this woman who's asking you to meet up again. I said, if you're not interested, just say to her, hey, whatever, I've had, I don't have a feeling, this feeling in my chest. I don't feel a spark between us. I wish you the best of luck. It was really nice getting to know you. That way you explain to them that you're not interested in them and that you don't have a feeling about them because nobody wants to fundamentally be with somebody who doesn't have a mutually shared feeling. And that's something that's inherently understandable. We all know when we have a mutually shared feeling and we all want to have the mutually shared feeling. And presumably that person has been on a date before 
before and not had that feeling and can digest that and understand and assimilate that information and then say, thank you. And that's it. Or they could choose not to respond. That's okay, too. It's understandable that they may feel rejected and not want to. But I, most of the people that he has subsequently messaged have said thank you because they appreciated that he had enough courage and self-esteem to respond. Is a good phrase just, I'm not interested? I think I'm not interested can be a bit blunt, which is why I often tell people to say something along the lines of, I don't have that feeling in my chest or I don't feel that type of connection or that spark. Ashley says what? Like, I'm not, I'm not feeling the vibe. I don't feel the vibe. I don't feel the vibe. You're not feel feeling that? I'm that gu- there's a vibe. I'm sorry. I don't feel the vibe. The vibe. I think I'm guilty of lying. I'm like, well, I, I realize that- I don't have the energy for dating. <laughs> that's just a lie. I just need to go to bed at 6 p.m. every night. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but that's the thing about online dating. It's that, you know, people can appear on paper to be great and exactly what you're looking for. But ultimately, we have to meet in person. That's the goal of online dating, to take it offline. And once you meet online, off from online to online, you can assess whether or not you want to move forward. Yeah. And speaking of, okay, so with offline dating, Jordan, I'm wondering, like, okay, Cupid. Um, so we've interviewed one of your colleagues before, Nick, who mentioned that OkCupid knows when you exchange phone numbers with someone. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So if you know that, then you assume they're taking the relationship off the platform. And I'm wondering if dating apps take an interest in their clients, I guess, um, relationships post app. Like you can't guarantee, because ghosting hurts more after three dates than it does if you just don't respond to my message ever on OkCupid. So I'm just wondering if you feel like this isn't actually an issue that dating apps have to deal with. Well, I think it is absolutely an issue that we deal with. I mean, OkCupid has been around for 14 years and we've been around because we do follow up with our users. We do ask like, what is going on? What are the trends in, in dating? I mean, we do encourage our users to use our app as a messaging platform if, you know, for, ways of like just being able to keep the communication going without feeling the need to, you know, give out a number, et cetera. But uh, we, we track when people successfully uh, disable their account. Like we say, you know, have you met someone? Where'd you meet them? So there are things that we do and we look at and like with those like happy disables, we look at what it is that brings them together. We have a match percent and, and it's, you know, we look at the, the way that people's compatibilities work. And so I, I think what you know, Jess and I are saying are not mutually exclusive. People ghost because they don't have things in common and because they want to avoid that confrontation. But you know, with regard to like us sending a message like, hey, like we saw you got a phone number, like where'd that date go? <laughs> we don't do that. Okay, I guess what I'm really curious about is um, if you hear from people who are like, I've been ghosted and it's your fault. Do you guys get complaints? I haven't heard that. We have heard, hey, they're not getting my message. And, you know, the support team has to, you know, kind of let them down. But Uh, I know, I know. Dating is tough. Dating is emotional. But uh, ultimately, you know, we, we haven't gotten a lot of feedback that like ghosting is this epidemic uh, that people are saying is like the problem of online dating. Okay. It comes with the territory at this point. I guess guess. so. Well, that's the question, I guess, then for Jess is, does it come with the territory? Like, has tech made us callous to the point where we're like comfortable with ghosting? I don't think it's callous. I think it's convenient. I think that people have historically ghosted people. We may not have used that term, but people historically have avoided providing people with an answer or rejecting them outright. And I think that technology, because we have no mechanism by which to connect us to a larger institution or to each other, largely based upon the fact that you don't have any social connections in common, uh, really enables this behavior. However, at the same time, I think that people historically have rejected people or have avoided rejecting people. All right. Okay. Um, I guess I'm, I'm like a nervous about all these people who have no out, like you can't complain about them to your friend and hope that it gets back to them. I mean, I just blog about anybody who hurts my feelings, so I'm good. I just talk about them but, on this podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, like what Jennick was talking about. It's like, you just feel insane. You're just like making up stories in yeah. your brain. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough. Guess, ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Jess, we have kind of tried to establish, like Caitlin and I have talked about sort of the norms of ghosting. Like at what point, like it came up in the video where someone's like, one day, eh, two dates, mm, and then three dates is like, oh no, that seems like three dates is kind of the territory. So I'm wondering, one, when do people tend to get emotionally attached? And like, when do you think they should, they owe a response? 
I think that people always owe a response. I think that people can be kind and compassionate and do and treat people the way that they would want to be treated. The golden rule is easily applicable in all situations. I think that it becomes very inexplicable after several dates, such as three dates. It becomes less understanding because presumably after going on multiple dates, you believe that there is a rapport developing between you. So it becomes very difficult for you to assimilate information saying, this guy suddenly just disappeared. Especially with this woman whom you talked about who was about to move to Denver. That guy clearly has some issues psychologically that he needs to resolve through professional help. I'm serious. Because it's very odd that somebody would agree to go across the country, meet somebody, spend time with them, and also ask them to move across the country to be with them, yet suddenly drop off the face of the earth. That, that's something that's not normal and is definitely, I think, an extreme example of ghosting. But I think that the rule of thumb is to always respond in a manner that is kind and would be consistent with how you want to be treated. But I think it's over time, it just becomes more difficult to understand why people are doing it because we've developed these senses of attachments. And in terms of when people develop attachments, it varies across people. But obviously, there's a strict correlation, obviously, between time spent with somebody and emotional attachment. Okay. I'm satisfied with that answer. Okay. <laughs> um, yes. Is this the part of the podcast where we get personal? I think I think we should get personal. Okay. Jess, you said you've never ghosted or been ghosted. Correct. All of your interactions have gone as planned. It can well, be professional no, I've too. Had, I've had my heart broken like everyone else here, of course. But I think that I have always tried to, to treat people. I've always tried to treat people the way I've wanted to be treated. And I have, you know, men have asked me out before and I've just said I'm not interested or I'm, I don't feel that connection because it's honest, it's true. And I would hope that they would want to feel that connection with somebody else. I've been lucky that normally I've made it clear on dates that I'm not interested either through my body language or the brevity of the date or what have you. Uh, but I think that people, I've had my heart broken in the context of a relationship, not getting into it as much. But I think that people fundamentally have experiences whereby they're trying to understand why people are rejecting them. I have had rejection where it's just, they just don't call after the first date. And that's, that's a form of rejection. I don't think that's a form of ghosting. It's just that both people have decided that there isn't this mutual interest. And frankly, as with Bumble, making the first move, if I was really interested in a guy after a first date, I would just call him. That's fair. Yeah. I, I, I do that all the time. I do the follow-up text. Ashley thinks that Ashley is like very old-fashioned. She's always lecturing me for how I'm behaving in my lecture. dating life. I don't lecture. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> you can't well, send the follow-up my, text. My best friend says to me that men in war have found a way to communicate with women, and uh, that, in theory, that's true. But with Bumble, we found that women historically, when they make the first move, this is translated into other areas of their lives. So I think it's really important to make that first move. So make the first move, <laughs> Ashley. Um, Jordan, what about you? Have you been ghosted? It's happened, you know, and it hurts. <laughs> it hurts, but uh, you know, it's it's a part of dating, and it and it. You also do see the good in humanity. You have the people that let you down, and they say, you know, hey, I had a great time, but I don't think I have that deeper connection or whatever it may be. I think, you know, Dan Savage has a really good uh, mantra, which is like the campsite mentality. With a campsite, you're supposed to like clean up after and like leave it better than you found it. And so with relationships, I think it's the same thing, which is like, try to leave a relationship better than how you found it. And so I think like these conversations and like being able to show people the way, showing them how do you, how do you let someone down in a way that, you know, preserves their self-confidence, preserves their self-worth, it's important. And, uh, you know, I think that as people date and they see these things happen to themselves, that creates empathy. It creates like this understanding like, wow, that hurt. And like, yes, there are definitely some people who need maybe some more help to get that message. But, you know, ultimately, I think that as people date more and more online, you're going to see more success with people not ghosting. So you're saying you've never ghosted because you always leave the campsite better than you found. No, I, I, I'm saying that that's, uh, that's what you should do. I, I think that you know, we've been there. We're human. I, I used to work in finance and I would work till midnight and I would just like. I, I wouldn't respond and I would be in this moment and I would like feel like, oh, it's too much time passed. And like, then it would happen to you. And then, yeah, absolutely. I, I developed this empathy and no, I, I, I don't ghost anymore. So that's, wow, I'm, 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 I'm cured guys. I'm cured. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait to go back to Brooklyn and help all these Brooklyn boys clean up their campsites, become better people. Sounds like a good use of my time. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's, it's like charity. You're doing good work. Yeah, I'm doing the Lord's work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both. We're actually going to do questions. If anyone out there has one, anyone. Please. It can be a software question for Jordan or a social question or no questions. That's fine, too. It can be about anything, not even ghosting. Maybe, I don't know. What's on your mind? Uh, from OKCupid, okay y'all mentioned a wider audience such as your aunts, uncles, grandparents, or something like that. So how do you incorporate that into software where somebody gets engaged and, ooh, I better not leave this person hanging because my grandma knows their grandma? Well, it's a good question. Uh, you know, we don't, like, poll you on, like, you know, who your family is or what kind of connections, but we do uh, find that online dating... Uh, it leads to better relationships. And so with that, like, there's less of a, you know, we, we, we aren't going to ask you to follow up with someone. I'm sorry. But, but we do think that it leads to better connections overall. So, so is it ghosting if you, if you have a date with someone and neither party responds after the date? Because there's like, if a ghost no. is in the, the mutual woods, ghost. I think, I think that's like a successful mutual understanding of... You oh, both understand the vibes, and neither of you was feeling it. Yeah. yeah. That's a successful relationship, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. That's great. <laughs> All right. This is a question about software or, the, or these different apps. Um, what do y'all feel about Tinder? Like, do you think that uh, it, it, it actually is um, better or worse for ghosting or not? I love Tinder. I've never been ghosted anybody, from anybody from Tinder. Only person I was ghosted by I met in real life in a coffee shop. So I don't know. I've never well, been. Tinder is great. Tinder, like anything, it's what you make it. It's very unpleasant. It sucks. It's a lot of time and work. Um, but then, like the people you're meeting are just human beings. I don't know. I, I want to just add to like it goes back to the first question about like you know the friends and family, but also like Tinder or OkCupid okay, or Bumble, like. What is actually the phenomenon that's happened with online dating is that instead of meeting someone in your, you know, at your religious house, house of worship or your school, you know, you're meeting people from a broader, more diverse background. And we're actually seeing like a huge rise in intera uh, interracial relationships. Uh, I think in a recent study, 70% of homosexual relationships have come from online dating. So, yeah, like with online dating there there's going to be like some shallowness and some like flack that they get but ultimately they're they're helping tear down a lot of the problems with like more of the traditional institutions so that's like something we're really really proud of and ultimately yes ghosting has been around forever but i don't think that there's any correlation to ghosting and online dating in a way that like maybe say technology is enabled ghosting so isn't rejection and ghosting the same thing like i'm curious how many people are content with the answer i don't I don't feel that way versus like needing like something substantial. I think there's variation across people in terms of whether or not they need answers and whether or not they deal well with ambiguity. Everybody deals psychologically differently with having more or less information. So I think it just varies across people. But I think that fundamentally the kind thing to do and the respectful thing to do is to always, if somebody initiates asking a question regarding or indicates their interest is to tell the person whether or not they're interested. Hi, um, I, I just want to preface by saying I've been married for a little over 10 years. Dope. So I've, I've kind <laughs> of missed out on online dating, but I was wondering if, do you feel that technology and online dating has made us more picky when it comes to um, looking for someone? I would say the answer is yes, but I don't think that pickiness is necessarily a problem. There are also studies coming out that show that divorce rates since 2010 have been down, that marriage rates are going up, and that, you know, maybe, like, some pickiness is okay. And so I just want to, like, say that, yes, I do think that's happening because there's so much more information that you can get uh, with, like, the substance that are on, like, profiles on OkCupid. But in general, maybe that's okay. I would disagree. I think that people talk about the paradox of choice, this idea of more choice making people more paralyzed when making a decision. Uh, to be inapplicable or less applicable to dating and relationships than normal consumer choices. And the classic example is a jar of jam. So for the vast majority of people, the type of jam that you pick in the morning unless you have some type of allergy is not going to really affect you in a meaningful way moving forward for your life. Whereas 
if you pick the wrong romantic partner and you choose to get married, that has consequences for your health, your savings, and the lives of your progeny. And also, we're socialized <laughs> to believe that love and relationships have a great deal of meaning. We watch films, we watch television. We also about learn about love from experience. So we're socialized in multiple ways to conceptualize our romantic partner. So there's not only a higher degree of choice or a higher degree of influence regarding our choice going into the game than there is in a normal consumer choice, but also when you're embedded in an online dating market, you have a very clear idea of who is in the market with you and where you stand up relative to the market. So for example, if you are swiping on 100 people in a given day, let's say you only match with 10 of them, and then you only speak to five of them, and then you only go out with two of them, and then you only like one of them. If you go through these experiences frequently enough and you engage in this process of learning, when you meet someone and you actually really like them and feel a connection and it's mutual and they do not ghost you, you are going to be more likely to commit. And my data indicate that is the case. Whoa, uplifting, oh, dang. Yeah. All right. Well, that might be the show. Like, like, yeah. wow. right. Oh, wait. You have one more question? One more. Okay. Hi, Caitlin, Ashley. Big fan of the show. Um, <laughs> I was wondering if after this, this whole discussion, that uh, did your opinions change on how technology enables ghosting? You want to take this one first? Oh, my gosh. I have to think really hard right now. On the spot. Under spotlights. Literally. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't. I don't know. I mean, I do feel like a lot more optimistic at the end of this episode than I thought I was going to. Yeah. I thought I was going to feel like a deep, dark despair. But both Jess and Jordan spoke like very inspirationally about like human beings being capable of kindness. <laughs> yeah, like I kind of feel like maybe we're just in a rough patch right now. And we're going to get through this. Like right yeah. now we're in the ghosting rough patch. We're establishing norms. It's going to be fine. In a few years, no more ghosting. We're all going to have new nice campsites or something. That's true. I do think like... People are thinking harder now about like the way they act with tech, like in a lot of different ways. Yeah, like I we're think. clearly thinking about it, and like there's this whole movement with like you know time well spent and like Facebook and everything. And I feel like now we're like, oh hey, like we're humans, we have these devices, like maybe we should think about how we use them. We got to get through the panic about like self care. I only look at Twitter for ten minutes a day, and then get into the like caring about other people care. Yeah, that's the next. Step. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I just realized, by the way, this episode is like why you didn't push that button right kind yeah of like yeah it's a little twist yeah it's true <laughs> our name is a lie <laughs> all right well thank you so much for coming out and thank you for our guests.